Hi, and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club, episode 76. That was a pr- the most protracted high ever. Uh, <laughs> my, my name is Mark Champlin, and today I'm joined by Alex Wallace. I, I, what's up, girls and gays? I was, like, incredibly thrown off that you said <laughs> hi and not hello, because you always say hello. <laughs> it was. It, I felt like it was like, hi, my name is... It was like the most like Eminem <laughs> high. <laughs> you said like you said hi, and my brain went into like panic mode. <laughs> I was oh, like, wait, God. this is different. I'm not ready to do the podcast now. Oh, it's a, it's a brand new world. Yeah, girls and gays, girls and gays. I know that all of you have just been absolutely dying to hear uh, how we feel about <laughs> the 2018 Tomb Raider film, uh, and I think that. We're going to be talking about the Tomb Raider film for quite some time. So let's just let's just get into it, baby. Tell me a little bit about, about what we watched this week, Mark. Yeah, we've been holding out on the fam. They've been waiting for us. <laughs> Everybody's to, been to, like, to, to speak our peace. <laughs> stop, stop doing these episodes about things that we care about and start making episodes about mediocre action movies from the 2000s again. <laughs> It's it's our least listened to genre, but it is the, the bedrock of the podcast. It's a core. It's, it's a core tenet. Yeah, for sure. People don't. They they think they think that that Sonic and Digimon is the actual core. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> we we have fun during those episodes. Anyway, uh, to, Tomb Raider. It, this it's is work. Tw- yeah, th- this is this felt like work. This is the job. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a 2018 um, action adventure film. Um, it's, it's loosely based on kind of the 2013, uh, Tomb Raider reboot, uh, uh, made by Crystal D. Um, I like calling Crystal Dynamics Crystal D. Uh, that joke is still funny to me, so I'm going to keep doing it. Um, Makes it sound like Crystal Dynamics is like a friend of yours. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Crystal D. They make, uh, kind of good games sometimes. Uh, they probably crunch, so fuck them. Um, anyway, it's, Yeah. It's a reboot. It's got Alicia uh, Vikan- Vikander uh, as Laura Croft. Yes, I haven't looked up the pronunciation of any of these names. I, I never do. Peek behind the curtain. You knew this already. Um, so she embarks on uh, a perilous journey to her father's last known destination, uh, which is uh, she's hoping to solve the mystery of his disappearance. Um, you know, she's a girl, so she's got to have a dead dad. Mm-hmm. Um that's that's the movie yeah she's a female protagonist she can't she can't have like she can't have like a quest and like agency of her own she has to always be like following in the footsteps of some sort of like father figure that is either missing or dead if i can digress for just a second on this now that we're talking about this real quick it's just the there when she watches the video of her dad who's like uh I need you to the this is but this was my secret life. This was my true passion and I hope you find your own. And then the movie's like, "Well, her passion is now exactly the same as her dad's." <laughs> it's like, "Oh, that's not even what her in-movie dad wanted." Oh, <laughs> she just man. Uh, yeah, anyway, there's, um There's a lot. Dominic, there's a, Dominic West, Walton <laughs> Goggins, Daniel Wu, Kristen Scott Thomas, uh the, the, these, these are, are some the names. Other who appear in the movies. These are some names. Uh, yeah. The plot is it's a Tomb Raider. 
Uh, yeah, the plot is that it's a Tomb Raider. Like, the plot is, hey, everybody, it's Laura Croft, but this time she is an Angelina Jolie. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, like, you already basically summed it up, right? Her dad is presumed dead yeah, after <laughs> trying to find some ancient tomb in Japan where there is a curse of some kind, because of course there is. Uh, and then she goes to find him, because of course she does. Uh, and then she meets uh, she her friend, uh, the son of the guy who drove the boat that her dad presumably died in. Uh, and his name is Lou Ren, and these are uh, apparently the two central characters. And then, whoops, turns out the bad guys want the tomb as well, because they're going to use the curse for bad stuff. I can't believe this has happened again. Uh, and they're, like, running, like, a like a death camp? Like, they're running, like, a work camp for, for like, to try to find this tomb? And I thought that was pretty fucked up, because the movie isn't smart enough to do anything interesting with it. Um, and then, wow, turns out her dad is alive after all. Uh, and then, they, you know, the bad guys make him open the tomb at the end, and they go in the tomb, and you know what happens after that. Like, come on. Like, th here's the thing. You don't even need to have seen a Tomb Raider film before. You don't even need to have listened to our previous episodes about Tomb Raider films. You just kind of need to have, like, seen a like seen a movie before and you already yeah. know everything that happens in Tomb Raider 2018. Here's what so you need you need to you need to have the imagination to have seen Raiders of the Lost Ark but then imagine the personality stripped out of it. <laughs> and then you've seen Tomb Raider baby. Yeah, but 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 the the devil sure is in the details isn't it girls and gays. I I really think that like the um there are so many particular things about this film that piss me off and i just want to talk about all of them and that's what we're gonna do so <laughs> for sure um i'm excited for you to get into the the, the nitty-gritty details mm -hmm. because um i found myself having trouble retaining the little things uh yes. for me as I, I had a general as fucking uh malaise <laughs> watching this 2018 action movie is the thing is girls and gays uh, movies are bad now um we're in what what i will call the post good movie era i think i might have i think i might have said that before it's uh, i yeah. got it from uh, mega 64 but we are in the post we've, we've definitely movie. had this conversation yeah i just the the fucking cinematography of this movie is so boring it looks like every goddamn movie in the entire world uh, the special effects look okay because this movie costs $20 million. Uh, <laughs> I it, Everything's generally fine. The acting's <laughs> kind of bad, but you don't expect anything better. So you kind of are just – you kind of just d give it a pass for that. Why are we giving it a pass for that? It's just – because they're all like this. <laughs> this is the thing about the, like, movies are bad now thing, right? Because, like, obviously, there are still good films. The Lighthouse came out last year. The oh, I just, watched Par of I just watched Parasite. Yeah. Holy fucking shit. The Final Exit yeah. of the Disciples of Essentia came out last year. There are great <laughs> yeah. films being made, obviously. Yes. Um, but, like, yeah, it, it, it's just that we live in this situation where, like, action films... And, like, blockbusters and the sort of just, like, generic, like, summer action movie, like, template has been perfected and, like, just, like, iterated on over and over and over again for about 40 yeah. years now since Star Wars came out. You know? Like, it's... They've done it. It's solved. It is solved. It's a solved problem. Like, yeah. we don't need to make a Tomb Raider movie anymore because this movie has already ma been made 400,000 times. And the, But the, it's worse because I just... 
What? I just want to complain about how movies have to be two hours now. Mm-hmm. Okay? I don't... Yeah. I don't know when we, this we both, happened. We both had this thought. I don't know when this shift occurred. Like, obviously, films have always been of varying length. The fucking Godfather is three hours long. But, like, at some point, like, the... the like. In, in my lifetime, I feel like it went from, oh yeah, a movie's about 90 minutes to, oh yeah, a movie's about two hours. And, and this, this, this is an hour and 30 minute story at absolute most. But because it was made in 2018, they have to just like stack pointless action scenes on top of it. They got to do 30 minutes of video game dungeon puzzles at the end of the movie after they get in the tomb instead of just getting to the part where the curse comes out of the fucking sarcophagus and eats a guy's hand. You know? Like, it's 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 that kind of thing. Okay. Did you also groan when, when, when you saw that there was going to be a storm while they were on a boat? Here's my theory, uh. right? Here's my theory. I think the absolute most boring fucking thing that can happen in the, in a movie is if the characters are on a boat and then there is a and then there is a storm and they get tossed around in the waves. Here's why. Number 1, it's not a villain, it's just an act of nature. So there's no interesting character dynamic in play in the action scene. It's just the characters battling the elements. Number yeah, 2. Yeah, because you know you know this movie isn't going to be man versus nature. Yeah, like it's like, just there to be there. <laughs> It's just and there no to fill tension. out, yeah, to fill out the runtime, and then like also like it's gonna be dark, right? You're not gonna be able to see whatever the fuck is happening, <laughs> yeah. and the characters are gonna scream and get wet, and it's gonna last like ten minutes, and it's gonna be boring. And that when that happens in this movie, it just that was kind of the point where I was like, oh man, we're only like forty minutes in, and this movie is two goddamn hours. Anyway, yeah, like you said, it's not atrocious, um, but. I don't like it, and um, I I found that it just kind of, like, compounds on itself throughout. It doesn't ever really... There's never a point where you're like, oh, this movie's garbage now, but it just kind of, like... (laughs) It just just weighs on you and just... just you just sit with the the mediocrity of it for so long that you start to like it less. Um, Yeah, you know, it's... Go ahead. Uh, I I was just gonna say, I really... (laughs) <laughs> I think that my my feelings about this movie are more negative because I've seen so many of these movies for the podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can see myself at the beginning of the podcast watching this and being like, I don't know, it was okay. But I've, <laughs> at this point, I'm just like, fuck this, fuck movies. I'm so pissed that I have to do this. <laughs> yeah. It's just... Yeah, that's the difference. There's so many cliche action lines in it. You you, yeah. you feel like you can predict every moment of the script. The mm-hmm. writing and the acting are just like just just subpar enough to make it just like ugh. But the real beef is is in the is in the specifics as we said. Um yep. Let's talk about working class Lara Croft. Oh, about how the intro uh, makes her out to be an interesting character, and then they 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 shit all over that concept, and and she is no longer an interesting character. So, so the film begins, and Laura is like, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying Laura. I know it's Lara. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Um, she's living in the city. Uh, she's like, it seems like she's like barely making ends meet. She's fucking delivering fucking Grubhub and shit. She has an ethnically diverse cast of friends who are also poor. Um, and I was like, okay, 
like, this is very different from the Tomb Raider story that we know, which is about a billionaire, super-powered psychopath who goes around (laughs) murdering people uh, and (laughs) flying around. (laughs) Um, You know, like those original, like those Angelina Jolie movies are basically superhero movies. And so when this movie... She's just literally Bruce Wayne in those movies. And yeah. and the movie and I I prefer that open the, the, I prefer how them being open-faced about it. Like fuck it, right? Yeah, yeah, cuz 10 minutes into this movie they're just like, "Oh, fuck it. I this is I'm bored." <laughs> and they just make her a fucking billionaire <laughs> again. Like they like literally like like it's it's introduced the for, the first scene with Lara is her like like, not being able to afford to pay for her boxing lessons anymore at the shitty gym that she goes to. And, like, we're establishing this character who is, like, living, like, in poverty, basically. Um, and then we find out literally ten minutes into the movie, they could not fucking help her themselves, that, like... <laughs> She actually just uh, doesn't want to sign the papers officially saying that her dad is dead and actually she's a billionaire. Um, And then from that point forward, once we know that and then she ends up signing the fucking papers and then she goes and looking for her fucking dad or whatever, um, we never see any of her like working class friends again. None of that part of her, all of that is just gone and now it's just you know, a superhero adventure movie where she goes around killing people in various tropical locations. Yeah, I I really hate I I really hate the fucking uh idea that she just is cosplaying as a poor person because she's yeah. like a petulant child who's mad at her father. That's like a shitty person. And <laughs> yeah. like I from that point on I had I had very much trouble relating to her cuz if I was sitting on a fucking family fortune and I had all those like working class friends. I'd, I'd be, be like, me, me, me and my homies are getting fed, and like, yeah, this, like fuck, like this fuck, is Laura, the, dude, yeah. like this is the problem with Batman. Also, like he, <laughs> he's like beating up criminals who were driven to crime because of their economic circumstances that that the wealth division caused by billionaires like himself causes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this. Yeah. I don't need to give you the Batman shtick because <laughs> sure, you all yeah. know it. Who? But uh, everyone but who listens to this knows that. But this movie is the same thing. And this movie, like, it it tricks you. Like, it straight up tricks you. Like, it the first ten minutes uh-huh. aren't great, but there's a mood at least. There's a lot of fucking hip hop in it. There's a lot. Yeah, of, I, was, I was into it. I yeah. mean, not like into it, into it, but it, it had me right. Yeah. It like and like the the people around her look like real people and it it feels yes. like oh okay yeah i believe that this person is like living in the city and trying to make it um and then like like i said once there is that that turning point it just it's just a different movie after that like dude the fucking soundtrack changes after that the hip hop is gone after that and from that <laughs> point forward <Yep>. it's <laughs> it's 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 just that it's just that 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 synthesizer pounding over and over again that you've heard in every action movie ever made especially <laughs> on this podcast it has dun, dun 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 in it yeah it's got that <laughs> listen i i want to talk about related to this specifically i you know we we don't do a lot of like this specific line and and really focusing in on very very small moments we you know we tend to do more broad reads but i need to fucking talk about this because it it's infuriating in yeah i'm glad first, you caught this because i didn't catch it in the first 10 minutes of the movie this is i god in the first 10 minutes of the movie when we still think that she's poor um 
they have a part where she's like hanging out with some of her friends um and she says like she she quotes a line from hamlet and some douchebag is like oh shakespeare isn't it is that hamlet and she pretends that she doesn't know what hamlet is um and then the guy is like like why are you a bike courier why are you pretending not to know hamlet so a few things here one (laughs) the implication that the people that make this movie think that like english majors are really fucking getting it right now oh my god right like like the idea that like somebody who knows hamlet must be like must be like getting the bag like no dude all my friends that are english majors work at the fucking grocery store bro second of all because we later find out that she is rich the implication of this scene is that she knows hamlet because she's wealthy which also yeah. doesn't make any fucking sense to me. The the writers of this movie think that only wealthy people know Hamlet. Only wealthy people can be well read. Only wealthy people took uh English in 11th grade. Like yeah, what the just, fuck? I I that was one of those like pause the movie, take a take a lap around your apartment lines <laughs> for me. Like I just could not I could not fucking handle that. Um, I have several other beefs with this movie. Um, Second one, a little shorter, but um, I just want to talk about, like, the incredible degree of violence in this movie. Um, It's not that it's particularly graphic, uh, but, like, they, they will go out of their way to have her just, like, absolutely fucking shrieking crying in pain while like getting attacked by a large man um and it's like very brutal and very fucked up and all of it is situated in this movie that i just think is dumb as shit like this is a fucking international (laughs) mystery movie where she's opening up a a puzzle box that her dad left her and finding clues in his grave and shit like this movie's fucking corny and the fact that it tries to like front that it's like a serious film because you get to watch her get really fucked up in it uh i think sucks i don't know how'd you feel about this because i'm kind of i mean well the thing about it is just that you yeah they're trying to have both they're trying to have like like what is what is ostensibly like a goofy like fun adventure plot uh but the tone of the violence doesn't match it at all it's like when you see in in Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, I'll use that again. When when he shoots the dude who's like doing the like the big like dance with the sword, and he just mm-hmm. pulls out a gun and shoots him. Like that's that's like that's comic. That's like funny because the whole the tone of that movie is just lighthearted adventure. So even though there's violence, it's either goofy or it's extremely over the top, like the dude being pushed into the propeller and he just explodes in like a cloud of blood. Like you're not supposed to like feel like that's a realistic death. Uh, but in this movie, when she kills somebody, she, she there's this, there's this, this scene where she gets like her first kill. And this is in the game too. And it's silly there too, uh, <laughs> where she, you know, she brutally, like, drowns this dude in a puddle of mud uh, to save herself from being 
you know, shanked to death. And then she like, she's like crying and like sighing really heavily. And it's, it's just a really brutal, like scene. And then just, that's just forgotten about. And then she becomes fucking Rambo for the rest of the movie. Just fucking shooting dudes in the neck with a bow and arrow uh, constantly for the rest of the movie. Yeah, I do want to kind of talk about this again in relation to, like, the the first two Angelina Jolie movies, where she is literally just, like, fucking... She's beyond Rambo in, in those oh, movies. Oh, it's like, silly. Like, and she is fun. Iron Man. Yeah, and it's, it's stupid oh, the- and it's fun. D- do you remember the 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 gun the gunfight in her in her mansion where she's like hanging from a chandelier mm-hmm. and dual wielding guns yeah. and and the other dudes are on are suspended in cables coming through the roof that shit was hilarious and like obviously it wasn't supposed to feel real yeah and this this doesn't get to that no not even close but it, it's interesting right because it feels like there's like a twenty minute block. In like the in the middle of the film where they're like, all right, we gotta show Laura getting fucked up a lot. We gotta show her getting like the shit kicked out of her and like falling off a cliff and getting some fucking shit stuck in her fucking hip and she's all fucking bloody and fucked up and ooh, isn't that fucked up? Oh man, this movie's so hardcore and realistic. All right, now she's Rambo. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of how it is, right? Like she she like goes yep. through the process of like getting the shit kicked out of her for like a a a, a, a like a half of an act, you know, and then after that she can just like uh like effortlessly uh fire a bow and arrow and kill people in one shot every single time. Um, it's stupid. This yeah, is well, a you know it's movie. you know it's bad when the video game does it better. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, the, the, the video game, like, ramp up to her becoming the Tomb Raider is, like, it's very obvious and corny, but they, like, do a better job of not making it feel, like, immediate. Like, the entire first half of the game, you, like, feel pretty weakened and stuff is hard for you and you gradually get stronger until you have this moment where you, like, climb a tower because it's a video game uh and and you just like you're finally at the top of that tower and you look over and the camera pans and it does a whole thing and it's like oh i'm the tomb raider now and then you start fucking people up because like you become hardened to the reality of this island but this movie doesn't give us that moment at all it's just it, it has her you know drown some dude and cry and then you know steal a bow and arrow from her dad and then murder six people <laughs> yeah it's yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, one of the last things I, I want to touch on before we wrap this up here. Um, so uh, we've talked at length uh, for the other Tomb Raider movies about how uh, all of the people of color, like anybody who is not white <laughs> in those movies is basically a prop. Um, they are, they basically exist to just like help the white characters out or just like be a background device or, you know, like the end of a fetch quest, <laughs> you know, they're yep. never actual characters with personalities. Um, and I'm really happy to say that this movie proudly carries on that tradition. It, there's one, there's one character who is not white in this movie, who is a character, who is a named character with, who I guess has a personality, um, and his character makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Let's talk about Lou Ren a little bit. So she meets this dude when she goes to 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 find her dad. Um, and it's 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 he's got a boat, and it's the guy who is the son of the the guy that took her dad to the island seven years ago, and his name is Lou Ren. The way that this scene plays out is Lara like stumbles onto his boat while being chased by muggers. Uh, sh- he 
points a gun at her and tells her to get the fuck off of his boat, which I think sensible. Um, and then, uh, he is so drunk that he falls off of his boat and eats shit. Um, and then Lara wakes him up by throwing him into his own shower and then spraying him down with the shower nozzle. And then this entire scene, like, basically plays out like a torture sequence where, like, anytime he says something that she doesn't like, she sprays him with the shower nozzle more. Um... And you think that this would be, like, starting a, uh, like, you know, setting up Lou Ren being, like, an adversary for Lara? Um, no. From this point forward, he is best friends with Lara and does anything that she needs him to do and saves her at the end. Can you explain so, this? Because this doesn't make sense to me. I, I can explain the reason why this character was not white. And there's only one reason why this character was not white. Um... <laughs> Because they needed someone who was a named character who could translate what the native people were saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. that was my entire thought. Need- <laughs> he, he's, he's just there to be able, he's just there as a surrogate to be like, Lara, they're going to help us. Or just some <laughs> dumb shit like that. Um, and yeah. yeah. I mean, well, yes. To, to, to follow up what you're saying, yes, it doesn't make sense that they're friends. Uh, I'm glad they didn't fuck or whatever, but... The- <laughs> <laughs> like that's you know that's the high bar that that we set in this movie i was shocked that they didn't end up kissing at the end of the movie because the movie is clearly gesturing at it like i was almost like well it almost doesn't even matter if they if they kiss at the end because i've had to sit through a film where they're gonna make it seem like they're gonna kiss at the end but then they actually that that didn't end up happening yeah, you because know none what? of the characters have storylines yeah. that resolve you're, you're <laughs> right you're right the, I, I movies don't get a pass anymore for just being like oh they didn't kiss because they know what they're <laughs> doing because they know feminists yeah. are going to complain online if the only male and female <laughs> character kiss so they'd write feminists the same like us <laughs> y- right they, they got us um yeah like and subscribe <laughs> uh but like they they're writing the same hackneyed fucking romance straight people dialogue like the dude is like mm-hmm. you know some some men like dangerous women and then she goes <laughs> well, some, well some men are fools and then they they laugh Ugh. and i'm like okay well even if they don't kiss they did the fucking thing they did so it. yeah so 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 still fuck this also yeah i mean like like every tomb raider movie or and property the whole concept is built upon a bedrock of like eastern mysticism um, this yeah, movie is and, and like white supremacy and yeah. like white uh, paternalism and oh we oh, we're yeah. gonna take all of your artifacts that are actually like you know this is like a burial setting yeah, for this... your ancestors and we're gonna put them all in our museum for white people yeah they do so it's got that they do well the imperialism thing and they do the same thing to justify that they always do of like oh but like when these like not white people did a burial ground. Uh, it's actually dangerous, uh, and so we need to <laughs> we need to ransack their holy spaces uh, in order yeah. to save people, um, which is just so fucking razor thin and stupid. And it's, it's yeah, it's. I mean, the the other thing is the fact that like there there is an entire like prison camp of laborers who are appear to be slaves that the villains have captured. Yeah, um, I I do like and- that both versions of the Tomb Raider movie have um lines full of you know native islanders uh heave hoeing on a big rope trying to pull a door mm-hmm. open. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, and it's like it's, you, you know. They, they're setting this film within this, like, prison camp. Um, 
not a single one of the prisoners is a character. Not a single one of the prisoners has a name or has any dialogue or anything like that. And then at the end of the movie, they all rise up because they're going to help Lara because she comes and rescues them. So thank God that the single rich white woman showed up to liberate us. Like, it's just like... Like, in reality, would these people even know what the fuck was going on with Lara? Like, no. (laughs) No. I, okay, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is, this is like, we're gonna have to wrap up after this, because I'm gonna get, like, too real for talking about the Tomb Raider movie. Absolutely. But, like, you know, we live in a society that dehumanizes prisoners. You know, we live in, like, particularly in America, we live in a culture where people who are imprisoned are just not seen as human beings. Um... And the fact that in this movie they want to have their, like, oh, then the prisoners all rise up and uh, and take what's theirs at the end uh, moment without ever making any of these people into people, without ever making any of these, any of the prisoners that are supposed to be so important to your plot uh, actually have any personality, I feel like is just so in tune with the way that with the way that we view people who are incarcerated in this country. Uh, so fuck this movie. <laughs> um, the only other thing that I want to say is uh, shout outs to Nick Frost. <laughs> who oh, has an appearance in this film. Yeah. And okay, you have a bit for this. So I'm going to just <laughs> say my piece real quick and then I'm going to let you go and then we'll just close out the podcast. But I, I, there's one scene where Nick Frost, bo- uh, sorry, beloved, uh, British uh, comedic actor from such films as Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead uh, appears in a cameo appearance where he's like a shitty pawn shop owner and we get like grimy Nick Frost. He has like a beard and he's wearing like a like a Hawaiian shirt and like sh- and like douchey sunglasses. Um, and that's the only compelling performance in the entire movie. It's the only like interesting uh, moment in the film. It was the only scene that I really liked because I was like... Wow, look, it's Nick Frost. Hey, everybody. It's yeah, Nick Frost. It, we love Nick Frost. It fits him well. Uh, he that he yeah. slipped into that character well. I enjoyed it. It's a it's a great performance. Like, if I don't know, if you're going to see anything from Tomb Raider 2018 after listening to this podcast, I don't know why you would, but watch the scene with Nick Frost because it's good. He's, he's very good in it. So. So, <laughs> so I couldn't help but notice that that the Nick Frost's role in this movie uh, is exactly the same as Simon Pegg's minor <clears throat> role in 2015's Star Wars Episode Seven: <laughs> colon, The Force Awakens, um, where Simon Pegg plays, you know, uh, uh, a large, uh, greasy uh, junk shop owner who the white... British, <laughs> brown-haired, pretty, <laughs> five-foot-nine protagonist <laughs> sells things to in order to survive. Yeah, um, Simon Pegg, of course, and, frequently peer- appearing alongside Nick Frost in such films as Hot Fuzz and Shot of the Dead. <laughs> I just thought, like, this couldn't have been a coincidence. No if way. You've, if you've seen both of these movies, if you've seen Star Wars and then you watch this, you would have also come to this conclusion. You would have been like... <laughs> Hey, wait. <laughs> no way. Really? These, these two um, actors who have, who have appeared in like nine films together, are famous for collaborating with one another, happen to play the exact same role. Yeah. It, it, so so for, for those who are listening, 
uh, in case you didn't know, Simon Pegg is the dude in the costume who goes, one quarter portion. He's that <laughs> dude. And Man. it it's the same character. That's fucking... Uh, that's, that's my entire bit. I really wanted to shoehorn Star Wars into this. No, but I um, think it was relevant this time. Usually this- it's... Usually it's you shoehorning, but this time I think it was, it was, it was important to bring this up. Yeah. What I really want to say is that you should watch The Last Jedi directed by Ryan Johnson. It's a great movie. (laughs) What are we watching next week, Mark? Well, next week, uh, we're continuing in the grand tradition of uh, video game cartoons uh, from the the 80s or 90s. Um, The the other bedrock of this podcast (laughs) Uh, we're doing Super Mario World. I didn't know this existed until this week. Um, oh, you you will. It's this apparently is, it's got some memes. I mean, this you you know you know Mama Luigi. You're oh, is that from this? Things. That's this. Oh boy. So, okay. So, yeah. So, so we better be watching the Mama Luigi episode. Absolutely. Uh, of course. Th- Wouldn't miss it for the world. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this was part of the Captain N block of mm-hmm. of shows. Um. You know. Uh, you've probably heard of those. Um, the show is produced uh, by Deke Animation City. Shoutouts. Friend of the show, um, Deke Animation. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, the, the, the game and the characters were licensed to Deke, and they, they ran wild, and they did, <laughs> did some shit with the property that Nintendo only did back when uh, their properties did not print gold the way that they do now. Uh, and we got some good shit out of that. Yeah, truly, truly. Uh, these are always a nightmare. I feel like each successive uh, Super Mario Brothers cartoon that we've watched has resulted in an even more hangover-like experience than the last, uh, and I'm looking yeah, forward to having another one of those. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see how nightmarish the Koopas look in this because <laughs> they just look worse every time. <laughs> Um, I don't Bowser know, just... is Bowser is more fucked up every time he appears. Well, so okay, so Mario World's the first time that Bowser looks like Bowser. Yes. Like he, it's the first time where like his body is kind of like orangish, and he's got a green shell with yellow spikes, and he. Like, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that in this cartoon, he still doesn't look like Bowser. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> where can people find the podcast on the internet, Mark? You can find the podcast at Cartridge Cinema on Twitter. That's at Cartridge Cinema. Uh, Join the Discord. It's linked in the pin post on the Twitter. Uh, You can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, all those good places. Your favorite podcasting app. Most likely we're there. Uh, Give us a good rating. It helps with SEO. We're trying to get rich and famous. Um, (laughs) I thought you were done with that bit. (laughs) That's what you (laughs) thought. Keep you on your toes. Uh, the music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman. Yeah, for me, it was Tuesday. Fuck cops. Don't join the military. Peace. And peace. Peace. PC Man, music. we did 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 two like thirty minute plus episodes in a row <laughs> the past couple weeks. Getting back to our roots people, here. <laughs> people are exhausted with us, and rightfully <laughs> so.
You know, it's funny. It's because, like, I, I feel like whenever you listen to a podcast, the, the hosts are always like, oh, we, we don't want the po- show to run too long. Oh, like, uh, this podcast is getting kind of long. We need to cut it off. And, like, as a listener, you're always yeah. like, no, I love this podcast. I want more of it. But also, as a podcast producer, you know that if the podcast gets too long, it's because the podcast is getting bad. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I and I do like the, that one of us always gives a warning at the beginning of a long one that's just <laughs> essentially like, hey, if you don't like the long episodes, fuck off. <laughs> which i i would appreciate as a listener uh but oh, i don't man. know <laughs> shout outs to the listeners thank you for listening to this podcast i oh man i think that's i think it's rad that people do that that's well here's the thing if I, if I was if i wasn't on this podcast i'd be a listener too so honestly like yeah probably <laughs> me too because yeah. this show is fucking rad listen i wouldn't i wouldn't be on a podcast that i thought wasn't good that's that's you know that's true. I'm trying. I pride myself on work. my work. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. That's. I think that's gonna do it right there. Yeah. <laughs>